The information from this podcast is not intended for or implied to be a substitute for personal medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphic images, and information contained on or available through this session is for general educational information purposes only. Please contact your personal physician with questions regarding your own medical issues and needs. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number three of The Doc and the Jack. I'm Charlene Richardson. I'm Dr. Ann Ken. And we are here to talk some nutrition and blood work today. Um, a lot of questions I have been, um, that have been coming up in the gym, because right now it seems like everybody's been getting their blood work, mm -hmm. and they're telling me that their blood work, their fasting glucose is coming back normal, that lovely yes. word normal. So normal. we've had previous conversations. I want our audience to get a better idea of what you're looking for versus what maybe a typical Western medicine is mm -hmm. looking for. So if you look at a blood work, the fasting sugar is usually under a hundred. So most of the time, most patients, even if it's 99, mm -hmm. the doctor will go, you're normal. Everything looks fine, mm -hmm. right? Cause it's under a hundred. Right. But if you really look at it, then you go, okay, if it's 99, then there's a good chance it could be over a hundred, which sure. then puts you in the pre-diabetes range. Okay. And then if you go over 125, this is fasting. Yep. is now considered diabetes. Uh -huh. So most of the time I tell patients what's optimal is under 85. Okay, I like that. And I like <laughs> in the 70s, 70 okay. to 80, 70 to 70. Sure, sure. And that really gives you that ability to kind of go up and down and move and without the whole like blood sugar being in out in the pre-diabetes range. Yes. Okay. Now let's talk about the A1C because you uh, have yes. an A1C, right? Yes. And that's sugar averaged over three months. Yep. And the way that they, we look at that is actually um, the hemoglobin, that's the, um, you know, the cell that carries oxygen through the body, has, a, has and anything in the body has multiple jobs. And one of its job is to actually grab sugars that are laying out that shouldn't be there. Okay. okay. And that's where sort of the A1C comes from. And then the hemoglobin, actually will die or recirculate within that two to three month period. So that hemoglobin A1C is good for about three months, two to three months. Okay. Okay. Now, if we look at that, now this, uh, we, I always say very slowly with this range, it's, it's, you, what's normal is actually less than one, like interval of less than one. So what I mean oh, by that, yeah. Okay. So if you, it's like four-ish, like 4.6, like two, you, you want to get to like 5.6. Okay. So it's actually like 4.8 to 5.6, but then you go 5.6 to, if you go to 6.5, yeah. or so actually it's 5.7 actually, because it's greater 5.7 to 6.5. If you see that, that's less than one. Oh. 6.5 is not less than Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So actually, so with some of my one-on-one -on -one nutrition clients, mm -hmm. um, I have seen some previous blood work in some of the forms that I've come up where, you know, sugar might be an issue. Yes. Uh, their biggest concern is weight loss. Yes. But with this high sugar, that doesn't seem to uh, be able to happen. Is this something that you've seen that you agree on? Um, you know, yes. because we're basically not in balance, I would say. Absolutely. And okay. it's really interesting because sugar is in my mind sort of an end product and a front, like a beginning product. And what I mean by that is it's all drip, 
hormone of insulin. Yes. And we call it insulin resistance. So at excuse me, at the end of the day, insulin, how hard is it working to get your sugar in balance? So if you have too much insulin, we call it insulin resistance, try to get your sugar in balance. Yeah. What happens is that insulin then causes its own set of havoc. Okay. Yeah. So yes. So patients could sit there and go, well, my sugar is normal. Mm -hmm. But then I say at the end of the day, like, how hard is your body working to get your sugar? Right. And then that insulin can cause the growth. So you're going to actually, so a patient who becomes diabetic or has diabetes, I should say, when they start insulin, they actually gain weight because insulin is a form of salt causing. Okay. Right? Sure. Sure. So as you said is, okay, I know you get this a lot, right? Because I have a lot of patients that go, well, my sugar is high, but I don't eat candy and I don't eat sugar right. per se. Right. And they think that's enough mm -hmm. to balance sugar. Sure. So, Ooh, well, I think the, so the first thing that I look at too, when it comes to like the food, uh, food and mood journals, everybody has to do for me. Um, I'm seeing what a lot of individuals, I'm also seeing a lot of processed foods yes. in there. Um, which have sugar in them and a lot of the refined carbs and things like that. And it's, if you look at the back of the ingredient box, so a lot of it has been education and a, I mean, what is it? If there's more than five ingredients, yep. it's probably questionable. That's yep. Dr. That, Mark that, Hyman, that's right? Dr. Mark I was looking Hyman. at my notes. See, yeah. I do yeah. pay attention. You said five um, ingredients or less. But it's yeah, that you reckon. That you recognize. Like, I mean, if you don't know what it is, you don't know what it is, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's why are we, you know, consuming it or frequently and a lot of, you know, so I'm seeing products. It's like, oh, it's, it's low fat. It's low sugar. Yes. And you look at the back and you just see how highly processed it yeah. is and all of that. So my first task is to get individuals just let's, can we a start with one good meal? Like let's make one good meal a day. Mm -hmm. Um, can we get in a protein and fat? Mm -hmm. Can it be, you know, you know, I love, I'm always going to use this example, but my steak, eggs yeah. and some fruit or something um, and veggies and things like that, but get them away from the package and process stuff. And that's always my first goal. And then sometimes we're going to the grocery store and we're aisle shopping and Hey, like, let's look at the back. Is this okay? Is it not? Um, but it is trying to find, that's like my first goal when balancing the blood sugar um, is to do that is get them off the processed food first and maybe lower alcohol consumption. <laughs> cause that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Cause I remember the last time you talked about, and you know, I've talked about this before is this, um, the CGM, which is continuous glucose monitoring yeah. with your processed chickens. Yes. Right? Yep. Yep. And how that completely wrecked, like wreaked havoc on yes. the sugar, right? Yes. Wrecked you. And, and it's interesting too, cause I tell patients is if you can, is if you don't know what it originally looked like, mm -hmm. it's less likely to absorb well in your body. And it's even if the best of foods is the whole idea is when we eat and digest, we start with actually smell. Yes. Smell, yes. Right. Yep. You smell it. You see it. The whole process starts. Sure. The second most important is mastication. That means you actually have to chew your food. Right. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about chewing yes, food. Yes. Right? Yes. Like how good are your clients on chewing their food. Right. Um, I mean, everybody, we're so busy. So everybody's inhaling it. 
Mm -hmm. right? Um, and you should be chewing it basically 15 to 30 times until a smoothie-like <laughs> consistency. The other thing is I always tell them is if you actually chew most things at the very end, they'll get a sweet. Oh, so if you, oh, I like that. Yeah, that yeah. means because because when you have there's amylase, there's an yeah. enzyme that digests it, and the first thing it digests is sugar. Yes. Okay. So that I, sweetness to it, but yes, smoothie like consistency. <laughs> <laughs> and they're also so you know we're eating so quickly and fast and doing eight thousand other things. We're not even in a relaxed state. Exactly. So we can't even digest it or yes. then absorb it. Yes. So now we have to then rely on the um, gastric juices and the pancreas, the acid to come in. But I always, the other thing I tell patients all the time, I'm like, okay, if you had a piece of food, is it easier to smash it up to get it smaller yep. or pour acid on it, right? So if you think about it, you take it and you smash, 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 you're going to get it a lot smaller sure. than if you just poured acid on because then it, it takes time to get in there. And right. break it down. Okay. But if you smash, 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 pour the acid. <laughs> there you go. Right? Yeah. And then you get the 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 digestion. Okay. And, and I call it the recognizable food and like your body can actually recognize this, that what recognize it as what it is, rather than I don't know what this is. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So my big thing that I found is when I talk to patients is that they do not understand beyond the process is carbs as pasta and bread. And I understand that's processed, but right. they do not understand that that can be just as detrimental sure. as candy. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That is one. And I mean, if you look at a lot of the breads, yes, there's like 30 ingredients to them with the, our lovely seed oils in them. Mm -hmm. um, some other things that I don't know what they are. <laughs> which, I'm like, ah, can't, I can't read it, can't pronounce it. Um, we're not eating it. We're not eating we're it. Not eating um, it. Mm -hmm. Besides really sourdough bread. Mm -hmm. um, it's an ancient technique that, mm -hmm. you know, ferments for, geez, it always takes me an entire day to make. Um, mm -hmm. It is a pain in the ass, but it's it's better for us. Yep. Um, it's not going to spike the blood sugar. It's going to be easier to digest. Content. Yeah, absolutely. Like mm -hmm. I have um, someone I work with, um, and I, you know, you've heard me talk about the guys from Modern Stone Age yeah. Kitchen. They're, you know, she she's has a gluten intolerance, and she can eat their food, mm -hmm. their yeah. pizza, their you know, their breads and all that, their pretzels, and have yeah. had no issues with it. We are in harmony with bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> viruses right yep. so that's a whole nother episode on the gut oh, oh yeah. yeah but in harmony with that so i sure. think i think people have a hard time even understanding sort of and again i get it too like sometimes it is harder to go okay where does this all fit right especially sure. when we haven't had the breadth of education in right right even just understanding as you said taking their grocery and say this is a carb this is this, this right is that. so i think the other thing that i find really interesting is um protein protein actually you know what i'm gonna step back and go fiber okay that's all right yeah in the realm of carbs sure. right so understanding like what do you normally recommend for like increasing fiber right because the daily recommendation somewhere in the 20s right sure sure males and females if you look at somewhere in the 20s yeah um i'm not the biggest number person so yeah <laughs> here you if anyone's interested 
<laughs> put a little thing in and I will I will uh, get you the exact numbers. But the idea behind that though is is if you actually look at it, a lot of patients don't get even inventory. Sure, sure. So what are, what are ways that you tell patients to like or clients to oh I think understand what fiber is, what fibers actually like what each is doing. Because some people are like, well I don't you know that that I don't really digest that stuff. And I said there are food for bacteria and there's food for you. Sure, right. sure. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we talk about our fruit and veggie intake mm -hmm. um, because a lot of times this is actually something that came up in our last transformation, actually a few. Um, someone was told by their doctor, eat, get more fiber. Yeah. So there was a cereal that said more fiber. More fiber. <laughs> it was like, whatever. And I was like, I think my eyes just got really big. I used to do really well at hiding my uh, facial expressions, but at this point I don't. I'm just like, I was like, Okay. So we really have to go back to the drawing board. So, um, you know, to help us, you know, digest and all of that is, Hey, we, we talk about that and maybe, um, you know, I have some people that have had cold salads and though they can't necessarily eat that mm -hmm. because, um, it's just harder to digest. So they needed, we have to switch it to roasted veggies mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to add it in, um, a little more frequently, uh, throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And with each meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah, because I think the first thing when people think of fiber, they think of like, as she said, the cereal. Because right? right. they're really moldy. Yes, right. It's, okay. yeah. You get five grams of fiber with this. Exactly. And that's. Grams of fiber. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what they're choosing. And sometimes when I get, when I actually saw, I remember when I actually saw it and I was like, wait, do I just not know what I'm talking about? Like, literally, I had to like rethink because she brought in the box and mm -hmm. was like, no, this is what I'm supposed to eat. This is what my doctor said. And then I was like, wait, all right, her doctor said this. Maybe I do not know anything about nutrition. <laughs> so it like some of these yeah. things you're just like, there's just a lot of misinformation out there, there um, on nutrition. That's why we're just trying to like, let's talk it through. Now you're also going to, this is going to go on a whole nother tangent. Um, <laughs> let's talk about oxalates a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Now there are right the meat eaters, those guys that are out there, the carnivores, all that, right? They're gonna say don't eat a vegetable. <laughs> now, right, right. <laughs> now I have seen, I actually have my had I actually started with my first um client who actually um with a few of her things that she has going on, she's actually told to have a low oxalate diet. So it's the first one I actually had mm. to dig a little deeper with. Yeah. Um, so she had to like get our list and you know, we gotta avoid a little bit of spinach and you know, kind of decrease that a little bit. Um, but she was actually told by her doctors, like, Hey, you've had issues with kidney stones. You've yeah. had this. Um, so I think first off, I think of it's all bio-individual approach, Absolutely. right? Yes. Um, listen, I, my body doesn't like certain things. Yep. I, that's why I am more of the steak eggs. I do. And I eat my veggies from my garden. Yeah. Um, there are others that do really well with the fish. Yep. Um, you know, more of that I don't even like, I don't even like the name that like, yeah. right. But, um, the, where was I going with this? Um, I just, it has to be an, you know, bio-individual approach and it's the processed foods that have wrecked our guts. Yeah, absolutely. It's the sugars, it's the refined, absolutely. um, you know, the refined carbs, all of that. And I think if we can get back to eating what the real stuff is, whether it's going back to sourdough bread or if you're having rice, hey, are you soaking it? Yeah. Because it's hard to digest. Yeah, like, absolutely. hey, let's soak it. We forget that, but we're so rushed. Same with our beans. Well, we we're need to Asians. Soak. 
Do not forget to soak the rice. Right. No, I'm not all Asian. But one of the things that you're told, like we are like, you're not supposed to cook, wash and cook right away. Right. You have to let it soak. Yeah. You, yeah, absolutely. And you have to rinse off the, you know. Yeah, sure. Yes. Right. But you're right. We live in a world today. of quick, quick, quick right. right? So and so and beans too because I didn't I was gonna I didn't want to bring the whole lectin and all oh those, yeah like, right all right those, oh I can't eat beans but it's huge for fiber it helps with it really sure. helps with all that stuff yeah but I see the same thing I don't necessarily think there is something we never should eat never sure. should do right like it really is as you said this is why we do what we do which is absolutely. the individual absolutely uh, you know treatment and really tailored to that plan because the thing that's interesting also about oxalates is that is if you have like yeast and mold and like even certain bacteria, like like your oxalate levels will go up with yeast. And so like ah, sometimes, okay. so we have actually urine testing here that we sometimes do. And the first right. thing, if you look at that, it's not just get rid of your oxalate foods. It's actually, let's go back and see what imbalance is going on. So why uh, is that person producing more oxalates, right? Yeah, so okay. that's where some of these things are, is that I think in the conventional world, everybody has this, they think they're helping a lot of ways in that sure. even if you think about, um, you know, uh, like the low FODMAP. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those aren't all long-term. But sure. at the end of the day, people have it because they have a bacterial imbalance. Right. They're all the foods. Yes. But then if you don't heal the gut, right. then you're not going to go back, be able to eat right. again. Right, you know? absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah, no, I definitely think that nutrition is very important. Yes, absolutely. So it is uh, based off of like their signs and symptoms. That's the first thing that we look at. Mm -hmm. um, plus with their food and mood journal, and they have a, you know, a questionnaire that's 200 questions. I think it takes forever. I know I'm probably like almost worse than you sometimes with that, right? No, mine got no. simplified. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I literally had someone that stressed them out too much. So I was like, okay, all right, let's Let's just talk about your food and moon journal then. So I no, like, I, I totally get it because I've done mine. And, and the only reason it actually, I'll be honest, we got simplified because the company um, is not around anymore. It was, it's a great questionnaire. Sure, but, um, sure. And I did it myself <laughs> as you do, you know, so you know where the pain comes from when the yes. people just come in and complain or the client comes in. Yeah. But yeah, no, I do. I definitely think that that helps to be able to kind of tailor. And it also sure. makes, you know, it helps the patients or, you know, client think about what, Things that, I mean, I've had a lot of people say, oh, I never thought about it that way. Sure, absolutely. Until it, you know, it's brought up. But um, I've had a few that said, I just can't do it. And I said, all right, then we'll just we'll make it happen as <laughs> best it. we can. You know? Yes. But yeah. Okay. Um, so one other question that's been coming up in my gym a lot, cholesterol. Which is a great time to talk about fats and proteins, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Actually more fats <laughs> and protein. Right? Um, yeah. And the numbers and, you know, A, what are you looking for? What's normal? In my opinion, and I am not a medical professional, but I feel like they throw people in statins too quickly. Mm -hmm. um, the medication, I am always about getting to the root cause like you are. That's why yeah. we um, get along so well. Um, so can you kind of give us your take? What, you know, that, and so, so people don't see like that they're at 207 for total cholesterol and oh. then it's like a big freak out or even yeah. 250, like where yeah. is your like, oh shit shit point yeah is there a no shit point or is it hey why are we so imbalanced and getting to that root cause so i hate total cholesterol by the way i've okay. always hated total cholesterol <laughs> my patients all know or they should know that i don't like total and the reason is total if you have a marker that's supposed to be a good healthy cholesterol that you want high 
Yeah, right. Then you can't really rely on a total cholesterol because there are a lot of people that have really high healthy cholesterol. Yes. And then the rest of their cholesterol looks or within optimal range. Okay. Optimal range. Yep. Yep. And their total cholesterol is over 200. Yep. So I used to tell patients, I said, hey, look, you have a high um, HDL cholesterol. Yeah. Your total is not really not, doesn't mean anything. So don't overlook at that. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, in the grand scheme. And now I think that was that personally, I think that was a marketing campaign because it's easier to be like, check your total cholesterol. If it's not, talk to your doctor and take a medicine, right? Yes, or something like absolutely. that. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was sure. on the TV a lot of total of 200, total of Yes, yes. Right? And that's how patients got it. It wasn't me telling them. Right, right. Total 200. Right, right absolutely. I, why would I do that when the total didn't really much matter when you look? So I said, you look at the individual. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I'm going to start with healthy, but HDL, that's what they think of it, you know, the high density. Yeah. And we used the word healthy cholesterol. Yeah, right? the good. So the good cholesterol. <laughs> so this is the cholesterol that we want high. We want it above 60, especially mm-hmm. for women. Greater than 40 is considered normal, right? Yeah. So we really want it. I mean, to me, if a woman should have above 60, in my mind, a men should have above 60, but sure. if we can, you know. Yeah. Um, though I find... So that men kind of sit more close in the 50s, 50s range, if okay. they're good, um, if it's good. <laughs> now, the interesting part about HDL cholesterol is that in relationship to triglycerides, which is the next thing we'll talk about, is if the triglycerides is over 200, the HDL doesn't function as well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if it stays under 200, it goes around the, and some people would describe it, it's a dump truck. It picks up the trash. Yes. So. Yeah. It, you know, they it, people would be like, oh, I was told my HDL to LDL cholesterol is great. That's what the idea is that even if something's high, it goes in and gives you kind of that wiggle. Okay. okay? Now we talk about triglycerides. Triglycerides is actually the cholesterol that is very sensitive to sugar. So if you have a lot of sugar around, um, over sugar. time, the LDL start to rise. Yeah. But trigs or triglycerides are the first one to go up. Okay. Right? So if you had a bad meal, like, a few weeks. So most cholesterol, I tell people, you know, it's not going to look back a week or two. I mean, it's about if you take a statin about four weeks before things kind of change, right? Okay. But triglycerides is one of the few where if you like super, you, let's say you're like, I'm going on a fast food challenge <laughs> and you went around and ate all that stuff and then you got your blood work done, that guy will can go. Sure. Okay. okay. So we want him Yeah. now, let's say normal less than 150. I like it less than a hundred. Okay. I'm going to keep that up. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll say that. I like a little less than that, but at least less than a hundred. Sure. In I think okay. it's it very well. So there are, people do very well with that. Um, let's talk about the LDL, which is a low density. Everyone talks about this one. This is the bad cholesterol. Yeah. Yes. In quotes, bad <laughs> cholesterol. And it's not a bad cholesterol. It actually is a cholesterol that's absolutely needed in your body. And the reason is, as cardiologist says, your body makes it. Therefore, you need a statin to stop it. Right. No. Let's step back. Why is it the body making it? And the body's making it because it is the substrate. It is the thing that LDL cholesterol yeah. goes through the process of being paid into your hormones. Ah. Hormones. Oh, imagine that. All sorts of hormones. <laughs> your uh, uh, your uh, DHEA, your testosterone, your estrogen, your progesterone, your cortisol. It is making hormones in your adrenals and in your, you know, <clears throat> ovaries or testes, depending on 
what gender you were birthed with, you know? Yes. So this is the idea is that if it's too low, yeah. how are you going to make your hormones, right? right? If it's too high, why is it hot? Is it, and, and some of the cardiologists used to say, well, that's not going to make a difference. So here it takes a stand. Right. But we'll talk about, you know, but it can make a difference. And the biggest thing I tell people is, is that LDL cholesterol is needed. And a lot of times it's not just related to eating. Like insulin actually doesn't help if there's too much insulin, okay. sugar, yeah. diabetes. Insulin can also make blood pressure goes up. We call insulin resistance. I mean, right. it could do and a it, lot of different Right, and then yeah. it just goes cardiovascular, increased cardiovascular, right. Exactly, yeah. So I guess then someone's coming to be scared in the gym, which I do tell them, hey, go see you. Um, is, are you more worried when it comes to someone that has higher blood sugar versus a high cholesterol? Absolutely. Okay. If a person who has a higher blood sugar, then I'm like, okay, let's look at that. So let's talk about the actual numbers, right? Yeah. It used to be less than 130. Now yeah. they're saying less than 100. Yeah. Okay. Scary. Everybody worries about is there family history? Is there a gene problem? That's 180 usually. It's yeah. above that. It's okay. where people go, put them on the step and then be done with it, right? Yes. And does it lower and improve cholesterol? Absolutely. But sure. what are the effects of that right uh -huh. so what's going to increase ldl cholesterol we talked about sugar we talked about insulin we talked about maybe eating poorly lack of exercise um family history so there are other kind of blood work we can do to kind of see okay what inflammation is going on to see how bad this cholesterol is that's extra blood work but we can definitely do that next thing is we call stress uh -huh. so how does stress <laughs> raise your ldl cholesterol just talked about a cortisol. So guess yes. what cortisol does? Increases sugar, increases our insulin, and increases our cholesterol because all of a sudden the body says, I need cortisol. Body says, I need more LDL. Yes. But it sits there a little too long and when it's not always moving and doing what it's supposed to do, that's when, just like little kids, that's when it causes problems. There we go. Right. Yeah. So the so there's even further advanced testing for cholesterol up too to see okay. if they call it. So the hormonal cholesterol, the ones that go to hormones, or they call it the big fluffy cholesterol. Yeah. I mean that goes into hormones. The dense, bad, those are the ones that go into the walls of arteries and cause the problems. Okay. Yeah. So yes. I I'm sure the problem is if you just look at numbers. Uh-huh. And you just go after that numbers. You don't know what you're affecting them. So sure, the patients are not feeling well. They get you know brain foggy. Mm -hmm. So the question is: Is it a statin effect, uh -huh. or is it the fact that you have now disturbed the hormone balance? Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yep. Awesome. All right, we just talked for a while. Yeah, I think we'll have to talk about the other stuff another time. I do too. Absolutely. All righty, episode three, we're out. We will see you next week.